Morning, church. <laughs> what a morning, sorry. I'm still trying to catch my breath from what God's done already in here. And Kel, you're right, your word's right. The king is in the room. Without a shadow of doubt, he's here this morning. Um, I'm going to recap this morning um, on my story and on my journey, because I'm aware that some of you have never have never heard it before. Um, so those of you that have heard it, just sit tight, all right? Bear with me. <laughs> So Chris and I have been married for seven years this year, and um, we believed that we would have a baby. We believed that with all our hearts, but we also addressed that we may not ever be able to have children, and that was okay. We, we trusted God in that. Um, and so back in 2020, when we were doing stilettos. On the Friday evening, there was a, a leaders meeting and Chris and I were in that meeting um, in Methodist Central Hall is where we used to hold stilettos, for those of you that remember. And that evening, we had um, Deborah and Daniel Giles over from America and they both moved in the prophetic. And that evening, they knew, they didn't know us, they had no clue who we were, but God spoke a word into our hearts, and the word was that we would, in our future, we would have a daughter. And I want to tell you, everything has stood against that word. That word has been tried and tested so many times, so many times, but yet God remained faithful through it. And so... In 2021, we decided that we would start our journey into looking into why it wasn't happening. And so our first port of call, it was at, during COVID. We started at CRGW. For those of you who don't know what that is, that's based in Derriford. It's a private fertility place. And they were offering a health MOT at the time. And so we paid and we went there and we, we, we believed that that was the right starting point for us, especially during COVID, because times were just so crazy. And it was from there at that appointment that I was told I needed an emergency gynecology appointment. And so I didn't know what that looked like. <laughs> during COVID, times were so tricky to even speak to a doctor, let alone go and see a GP. And so I spoke to a GP on the phone. Um, and I said, look, how long is this wait going to be to see a gynecologist? And they said, honestly, because of the times we're living in at the moment, we can't tell you. It could be a couple of weeks. You could be waiting months. And so we came back to the drawing table again, and we said, okay, we don't really want to wait months. I've been told I need an urgent referral, and let's go down the private route. And within less than a week, I had an appointment with a consultant at the Nuffield. Um, and I've been under his care now for two and a half years. It's been a long time. Um, and it was decided there that in January of 2021, I needed to have an operation. So operation number one happened in March. And his words to me, he came back to my room and chatted through what he had found and all the findings. And he stood with his arms folded, leant back against the unit, and he said, um, I found the problem, I fixed it. He said, there's no more issues from here on in. He said, um, 
The next time I see you will be in Derriford Maternity Unit. This was back in 2021. <laughs> Obviously, that wasn't the case. <laughs> um, and it was a long, hard journey from there on in because actually, cutting a very long story short, the operation wasn't successful. And so there was then another part of the story that somebody else was brought in, a lady called Vix who works at Derriford Hospital. She's, she works with women's health um, and she was incredible. I think my words to my mum at the time was, it was like God had given me an angel on earth. She was amazing. And I don't really know many professionals, health professionals that were like she was, but she walked the journey with me. She, she talked the journey with me. She cried with me. She laughed with me. She was God-given. I know that without a shadow of a doubt. She kept me on longer than what she ever should have. If you're hearing this online, shush. <laughs> But she was an incredible lady and such a blessing in my life. And while she didn't understand the condition I had because she hadn't been there herself, she just, she journeyed with me. And actually at times she became a counsellor to me. She went way and above what she should ever have done as a, a woman's health professional and a physio. Um, and so I worked with her for a long time, but there was still no change. And so... I went back to my consultant um, and last year, in June of last year, I had another, it was the second operation. This time it was a lot more intense and there was a lot more involved and I'm going to be honest with you, it was horrible. The recovery was not pleasant um, and so much so, just to add the complication in, into the recovery period, I ended up having sepsis. Um, and it wasn't pleasant, <laughs> to say the very least. My body had been through a lot. Um, and so this time, my consultant was, he was pretty adamant that what he had done would do the job. And so in September of last year, he signed me off because I was progressing so well and things were going as they should. And so I carried on the work with Vicks, um, and we worked through a lot of stuff. And there was a lot of, there were a lot of giants that tried to stand in my way. And I've overcome so many fears, and I've not done that on my own. And that's not been through health, health professionals. That's been through God. I've seen breakthrough after breakthrough. I can recall the amount of times God has been so faithful to me and to Chris on this journey when we've not understood it. The mystery has been huge. We've had to stand back and watch so many other people have babies, get pregnant. I've watched almost children have children, and yet, God, I don't understand you in this. And so in January of this year, we got to the stage, Vix and I, and in floods of tears, we said our goodbyes. I was signed off from Vix, and that, I think, was the hardest point in my life because she had been such a... A rock to me. She had been such a such a strength in this journey, and I have never left a hospital so fast in all my life. And I just remember opening the door and saying, "God, don't let me see anybody. I can't see anybody I know now. I just need to get out of here." And so I got part way up the hill, walking back to the car, and I found my mum. And I said, "Mum, can you talk?" She was in work. She said, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." And with that, the floodgates opened, didn't they? <laughs> and I remember just just asking some really tough, hard, hard questions. 
God, why would you give me a word that doesn't make any sense? Why would you promise me something that all the odds are stacked against? I don't understand you. I don't get it. And actually, the word that he had promised, was it, it had almost become a bit of a torment to me, if I'm honest. It started to torment what I was believing and what we were standing for in God. And I said to Chris, you know what? I just don't know if that day is ever going to come. I don't know if we're ever going to see it. I don't know, but I've got to that stage of trusting that, God, if you do or if you don't, he's still God. He still reigns. He's still worthy. He is He's awesome. And so that Sunday morning, my, my dad, for, the, for those of you that don't know, my dad is Rob. <laughs> um, and um, you brought a word on the Jericho Wars. And that morning was an incredible morning in God. I remember it like it was yesterday. And at the end, we started to declare. Dan, you declared for you and your family. And then I declared. And it was hard because it was that week that I had been signed off and I was told there was no more they could do. But I remember that morning saying that my hope isn't in man. My hope has always been in God and God alone. And this journey has been long. It's been hard. It's been tough. And that's putting it quite tame, to be honest. Um, I've faced some really dark nights. And I mean really dark nights. I've faced some really dark places that I never want to go back to again. Um, and part of my journey right back at the very beginning, I did end up actually on medication because it just got too hard. The journey felt too hard, and I had to hold my hands up in floods of tears on the phone to a doctor and say, I can't do it. I need help. And at the time, that was hard. That was hard for me as a character to admit that I needed help. I'm quite a strong, determined person, for those of you that do know me. And to have to speak to a GP and say, I'm broken. I need help. But I knew at that time that this wasn't forever. It was a season. It was just a period of time where I said I need help, and that was okay. And I know now that that was okay. I know now that actually that was a strength and not a weakness to say, I need help. And God met me in that place time and time again. He's met me, and he's just so faithful. And so going back to that Sunday morning, I declared that we were going to see in our lives those Jericho walls come down. I declared that morning that what is impossible to man is possible to God. His word, he doesn't give you a word and a promise to torment you. He doesn't give you a word and a promise to turn his back and say, there you go, it's not worked, never mind. That's not who he is. He's a good, good God. And so we decided, Chris and I, in, in, in January of this year, to get back in touch with my consultant. And I said, would you be prepared to see me again? And he said, yes. That was the first breakthrough. He agreed to see me again after being signed off. And on further examination on that day, um, his words to me were, the operation I did in June of last year has actually been successful, but I found another problem. And at this stage, 
I was like, oh God, I've been here so many times, but my heart didn't sink this time. I answered that door with faith. I didn't answer that door any longer with fear. I believed what God had said he would do. And so we talked through the options of a way forward um, of what the next steps were. And church, I'd love to stand here this morning and tell you that I'm healed, but I'm not. In fact, I'm actually waiting for operation number three. And my consultant that I've been under, he's not able to do it. I need to see a specialist. It's, I need to see a specialist gynecologist. Um, and the waiting list for that, the best one that I can possibly see on his recommendation is on the NHS, and there's an 18-month waiting list. Already I'm starting to think, God, my age is against me. I haven't got another 18 months to wait. You've, you've got to do something. And for the first time ever, my consultant took what I call his surgeon's hat off, and he said, this is the plan. This is the way forward. I'm going to give you six months. He said, because the best thing you can do is get pregnant. And at this stage, I kind of sat there, and I'm like, looking at Chris. Chris is looking at me, and I'm thinking, you do realize I've been under your care for two and a half years and what the issues are. And so he kind of looked at me and he grinned and he said, yes, he said, I know what I'm saying to you. He said, but this is what I want you to do. He said, if that doesn't work, he said, you'll, you'll need to go back to CRGW, um, to the fertility place and start, you know, the, the private treatment. And so we left there full of hope. And it's not the first time I've left his room, his office, full of hope, and that hope has been dashed time and time and time again. Um, but through it all, God has been faithful. He's been so faithful. He's, he's given me so many of you in this room. You've encouraged us. You've blessed us. You've prayed for us. You've stood with us against all odds. And I'm not going to start naming you one by one because there's too many of you. <laughs> God is so good. And when we can't do it in our own strength, I want to tell you there have been times it would have been easier for me to give up than to keep going. It honestly would have just been easier to say, do you know what? I don't know if I can believe for anything ever again because I'm not seeing this come to pass. But I had to, ever before I could stand in God's presence again, there was a lot of on my knees. There was a lot of, God, I don't get this. I don't understand this. I don't get them in the middle of the mystery. I don't get it. But yet on my knees and in surrender to him, that was my place of strength. That was my place of being able to rise again and find out during this journey, I've had to come to God and find out who I am as a woman again. As a child of God, I've had to find, I've had to dig deep at times when I've not really wanted to, but I've done it against all the odds. I've done it because he's a good God. Yeah, I've done it because I know that I can't do this without him. And so... This week, I had an appointment at Derriford, and there was just something that I, that I saw. And in a moment, I'm going to just ask Dave to put it on the screen. Not yet, but just in a moment. Um, because it's blessed me. It encouraged me. And my heart this morning for you is that it'll do exactly the same. That what I saw will encourage you.
Didn't he say he'd do it? <laughs> Didn't he promise that he'd make a way? I want to tell you this morning, I don't know what you're believing for. I don't know what promise God has spoken over your lives. I don't know what the enemy has tried to come in and tell you otherwise, but I want to tell you this morning, he's faithful and he keeps his promises. I want to tell you this morning that, that what looks impossible, he's the way maker. He's the promise keeper. And he makes a way when there seems to be no way. I want to tell you impossible doesn't belong in God's vocabulary. I want to encourage you this morning that maybe you're not believing for a baby. You may not be leaving for a child. And some of you are saying amen because, you know, you've been there and done that. But I don't know what you're believing for. I look at the back of that church, of our church, and I see a new church building on that wall. I want to tell you all the odds are against that. In the current day and age we live in, with finances as they are, that seems impossible, but not to my God. And I don't know what your promise is. I don't know what God has promised you and what that looks like and what season you're walking through. You could be in the darkest, the darkest night that you've walked through. You could be singing off the mountaintop, but I want to tell you, he's the same God. He will bring you through, and if he has promised you something, he will. He will see you through. He will perform his miracle. And so this morning, I promised my dad it wouldn't be long. And he said, take as much time as you need. Um, <laughs> so this morning, I am delighted to tell you that I am 14 weeks pregnant. We've not only is this our reward, but church, this is your reward as well. This is your reward to your faithfulness, to standing with us, to believing with us. And I want to tell you, we couldn't have done it without you. We couldn't have done it on our own. And that's when we knew we had to start sharing some of our journey. And we've just been so blessed because God used people in our lives that don't even know us, that have come alongside of us. There's a lady called Justine in Oakhampton. And she doesn't know me. She knows my mum. And she has stood alongside me believing. She has sensed God's anointing and God's presence when my mum has met with her with coffee and shared some of my story. And the presence of God that came on her, wasn't it, while she was having that coffee is just something else. And so she's been praying for me. And I probably met her properly for the first time in February of this year in Bath, of all places. But in a conference in Bath, God connected two women together and God knew what I needed in my story and in my journey at that time. And it was funny, wasn't it, while we were in Bath that day? Because everywhere we went, there was Justine. Everywhere I went, she kept bumping into me. And it was just, it was a God connection. I can't tell you any other way. We weren't even in each other's hometowns. We were all the way up in Bath. Um, you know, there's, there's another guy, Dave Cook, in Oakhampton. And I'll remember one Wednesday evening at the life meeting and his words to me, again, knew nothing of our journey, knew nothing but sing, O Baron, sing. And I want to tell you, I started to sing like I've never sang before. Not always easy, but God's been faithful. And so, yeah, on behalf of Chris and I, we are just so thankful to each of you that have interceded on our behalf that have blessed us with words of encouragement along the way and I'm going to be honest with you I still haven't really fully taken this in 
It's, I'm still pinching myself. I'm still, okay, yep, there's a baby on the screen. That's inside of me, okay. Um, but, I, but one thing I will say is that when I went for my scan on Monday, the first picture, as soon as she turned on that TV screen for us to see, was of the baby, wasn't it, with hands, both hands in the air. And I looked at that screen, and the first word that came to my came to my thoughts and came to my mind was hallelujah. Hallelujah. He's done it. He's done it. Bless you, church. Thank you.